follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you doing this evening? Uh, I'm doing good, Shad. Well, uh, oh. Matt just like <laughs> yelled um, podcast fight club and like threw a chair at me. I don't know what that shit's about. but Yeah, we're, this we're is... changing the name. We're, we're now going to be the Four Corners Underground. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what we're going to do is we're going to take a bunch of guys and we're going to throw them into like a, a seedy basement somewhere. Well, we, and oh, Shad's just going to. We could only we could only afford the basement of a Goodwill, so it's not even that cool. But okay, we'll make it work. But we're gonna throw a bunch of guys, and we're gonna have Shad uh, just continuously spinebuster them. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm gonna have to stretch. Okay. <laughs> limber up. I'll limber up. Yeah. Thank you all for joining us this evening. We have a special guest on with us, but first we got to get our shout outs out there. The first one is. To Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, CollarandElbowBrand.com. Use the promo code 4CORNERSPODCAST. That's the number four, capital C in corners, capital P in podcast, no spaces. Save 10% on your order. And then we got our other shout-out, so I'm going to toss it over to Matt. Matt! Uh, that would be to Orlando Cologne. Yeah. Um, Orlando Cologne, I'm sure, could do quite well in an underground fight club if he so <laughs> chose to fight in one. Um. I'll also give a shout out. Like, uh, they're not a sponsor of ours, so I really shouldn't be throwing out their name. But if you want to buy some Orlando Cologne T-shirts, Pro Wrestling Tees is running some sort of summer sale right now. So Ooh. you can head over there and buy as many Orlando Cologne T-shirts as you would like. He's he has at least six designs. If you go, if you go and buy a bunch of them, and then in the memo box say Four Corners Podcast sent me here, I can't <laughs> tell you how much we would appreciate that. Yeah, that would be awesome. I might have to get some more um, collar and elbow stuff too if they're yeah. running a sale. They're they're running a summer sale too. So mm-hmm. I actually did that for my wife. I got my um, she wanted the dark side of the ring shirt, and which we've actually been watching episodes of. She's fascinated by that series. Have, have you watched and, the Herb Abrams one yet? Not yet. Oh. No, not not yet. You have to, no. You have I'm to, building her up to it. I'm you, building her up to it. You have to you have to get her ready for that one because I mean. He literally, he literally dies from a coke overdose chasing hookers with a baseball bat. I know. <laughs> and he's naked I, and covered in oil with only cowboy boots on. It's, right. it's fantastic. I'm, I've got to, I've got to build her up to that one. Um, the last one that we did was, um, oh God, what was the the uh, David Schultz slapping John Stossel episode? Okay. So, 
So, and then I also laughed myself sick when Hogan choked out Belzer in that clip. So, did they, anyway, did they do um, have you did they do like Dino Bravo or Chris Adams or anything on that? In that one, no. Um, that one mainly focuses on on David Schultz and John Stossel, and then it has the aside of Hogan doing that. Oh. Uh, but <laughs> oh boy, but it, it, I can I can I can hear David <laughs> Belzer in the background there, Matt. Um, <laughs> that's uh, that's my daughter who apparently she's in the same room as me. She apparently yeah. does not want to go to sleep right now. Oh, poor girl! <laughs> and decided she wants to participate in the podcast. <laughs> that's okay. All right, so I told you we had a very special guest. The truth is, well, we've we've got some time to still screw this up, but I'm going to say it now. We might have beaten the curse. We have been trying to get this guy on for, you know, it might be like a year and a half now. Um, but what we have done is we have gotten another old friend of mine from the indie scene to come on and talk with us a little bit. We have invited the one the only duke all striker is here with us duke thank you for joining us hey thank you guys for having me man i really appreciate it. yeah it's been a little while in the making uh luckily <laughs> uh nobody's in the hospital and uh food poisoning or whatever <laughs> i didn't eat no taco bell today so we're, we're pretty good stayed away from the chinese food I, we were cons- go ahead i wish i wish i had um i wish i had the admin privileges in this room because just to screw a shad, I would have booted you from the room right when he introduced you. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. <laughs> It'd be worth it just to get him back for hitting me over the head with a toilet seat. No, that oh, wasn't you. Are you the? Are you the? Were you the participant of that? I was involved, but that wasn't me yet with it. No, not. Anyway. We were in an interesting match, though, together as a tag team in, God, was it Neon? Fleming Neon? It was impaled just outside Fleming Neon. Yes, where, where the guy had the taser and the 38 snub nose in his pocket. I'm going to have to tell that story here in a little bit in its completion. Um, <laughs> but we'll get to that one. We got That's something we got to build to as well. We got to set that up. Oh, we that can't was a just, rough night. We can't just dive into the Herb Abrams on that. Uh, <laughs> So, um, you know, whenever we have someone on, first of all, thank you again for being here with us. Whenever we have someone on, we always start with what got you uh, into wrestling in the first place. Where did the where did it start for you? Started for me is actually my grandfather. You know, I stayed with him. Usually, he picked me up on a Friday when I got off the school bus, and luckily, I may have been home by maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. And it was every night, every Saturday night. You know, anytime wrestling was on. We watched it, and, that, and that's just where it came from. In fact, the uh, when we did the uh, the video uh, overlays and stuff, that's where the name uh, Pete Brown came from. That Pete I Brown, downtown Pete Brown. Yeah. What um? <laughs> what era? What era was this? Was this like um? Were you into like? This was. I started watching in the earliest memories was early eighties. A lot of NWA, a lot of uh, junkyard dogs still down in Louisiana, stuff like that. Oh, so you're getting the Mid South stuff then? Oh yeah, we got all the uh, all that, the Memphis, all that stuff. Oh, you're so you're just gorging on on wrestling. Yeah, I was raised that uh, WWF at the time was uh, cartoon wrestling. 
So Those weren't so, real men. Did he have a dish then? If you're <laughs> if you're getting all that stuff, did he have a dish? Because I know that was like a big thing in the eighties. Was like having the dish and you no. got like everything. No, we didn't have that big forty foot dish in the backyard. It just <laughs> just the luck of the draw. What cable we had, that's what that's what was on. Oh, wow. Which everyone had. Everyone had cable. You know, yeah. in East Kentucky, you had cable or you didn't have TV. That's true. That's true. Because the signal couldn't get through the mountains. Um, who were your favorites? Uh, Roddy Piper. I gotta say, Roddy Piper was a huge fan. Of Roddy Piper and Junkyard Dog back in that, you know, Louisiana days. Piper's a great choice. Yeah, Piper uh, loved flirting, though everyone hated him. <laughs> and my grandmother was a who McDaniel fan, so that was always she'd get all tore up. She thought it was real as it could be. She thought those men were going to start trying to kill each other. Really? Oh, yeah. So here we'd be parked in front of the, the floor model 20-inch that we thought were was huge at the time. Yeah. The Zenith. And uh, she'd get all tore up over, you know, Rick Flair beating up Wahoo McDaniel every wow. Saturday night. Wow. Okay, cool. So uh, who, who have been your... Um just through the years, who have your favorites been? Uh, are you guys? Piper, Flower, Flower, uh, like uh, Arn Anderson, Early yeah. Jake the Snake, Scott Hall, always a big fan of Scott Hall. Okay. You know, just kind of, um, and then, you know, ended up, you know, I, I was a rock fan when no one else was. Just I like that mouth. Somebody can go out there and talk. Yeah. And really Makes just, sense use your mouth a lot and i think it kind of rubbed off a little bit <laughs> i think it might have from what i remember yeah just a lot easier to do it with your mouth than your body half the time yeah uh i kind of wish i'd started doing that earlier to be honest with you. <laughs> i was a big uh, you know benoit fan too i love benoit bret hart i just those guys that went there and actually did the work yeah <clears throat> i don't want to monopolize so I'll I'll actually shut my mouth for a second. Uh, we I've been I've been kind of um, I've been sending Shad video clips of Ron Wright back in the day and some of his promo work. Did you ever have you ever seen much of him? Not a lot. Not a whole lot. Brad wants me to uh, get back into wrestling, doing Ron Wright's management gimmick from Smoky Mountain. I mean, that'd be a good one. <laughs> In the wheelchair? Yeah. The big old dude in a wheelchair there? Uh, That'll work, though. Especially if you got up and walked when the ref wasn't looking. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that was Ron Wright. Um, yeah. It was uh, when when we did the... Uh, the oh, gosh, this had to be so far back. But we, we talked about that chain match that Colby and I had. And... Um, that was Brad immediately was was a, was telling me it's like you know you ought to do the Ron Wright thing, talk about your chain and bringing that back and that sort of stuff. I mean, I Brad, I, I'm I'm wondering if you got money on me uh, getting back out there and doing stuff again. There was something else I saw recently that I thought would be hilarious if you did, but I think I told you that one, but I don't remember what it is now. <sighs> I can't remember. What? What? Uh, anyway, anyway, now. we'll get there. So, um, when did you hop in the ring, start doing stuff? Well, I'm one of those guys, you know, Nick, you remember Nick? I remember Nick. He calls me up and said, Hey, 
do you want to go back in the ring? Because we thought about it in like around 2000 and then uh-huh. just work and everything else. He said, I know a guy that's wrestling for this company. You need to come out with me and tag with me. I'm like, all right. What do they look like? He's like, you know, I don't know. So I went and looked at a couple of their shows. Mm-hmm. And the guys they had were big, but they didn't do what I do. You know, they did okay. the same. They, they wrestled the same because they were trained at the same place. Two good guys. But that's just, you know, how it was at the time. So I said, yeah, we'll go. And the guy that was supposed to get us in hadn't even talked to anyone. Oh, really? So, oh, it's a Saturday night. They're in Martin. Nick calls me. Hey, we got a tryout tonight on this show. I'm like, Nick, uh, I've not been trained. Oh, it's on the show. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm like, really? I was like, all right, it's snowing. I'm babysitting my nephew. We're going into the IGA to buy a hamburger meat and some suckers for him. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I've got no gear. He said, just on some jeans. We'll do like uh, Crime Time or one of them guys. You know, we'll just go in all like that. You know, we'll be criminals. I'm like, all right, man, I'll go do it. You know, we'll, we'll do it. We show up. You know, I, got, I run to Kmart and buy a pair of, or JCPenney or somewhere, buy a pair of pants or something to wear. I've already ordered a few things in the past. Yeah. We show up. No. He'd not. It was, uh, it was Cece who was supposed to talk to him for us. Okay. Uh, no, nobody know nothing about it. They thought we was trained by the other group there. So, it, you know, is it like, it's not going to happen. Right. Right. So then they're going to make me and him wrestle each other in a, in a tryout match. Yeah. But it actually switched to, we wrestled the medics. Okay. And it was, you know, Eddie and Mikey. Okay. <laughs> Nick All takes right. three, five hour energies. <laughs> so we're at the curtain getting ready to come out i can't remember what so i think you can't stop me now i'm, I'm not for sure what song we were coming out to that night because he just yeah. put it together within the two hour time frame we had to get ready yeah and, and oh and during that time i run up to my brother's house i was like come out here man i gotta see if i can do something so yeah. i grabbed him and picked him up and stalled him for like 20 seconds it's all right. I can do that. He weighed like 270 at the time. Uh-huh. And then I military pressed him. I'm like, all right, I'll be all right tonight. Okay. You know, that's the extent of my preparation. <laughs> and, and, you know, a lot of people didn't know it, but we come out to wrestle. Nick's hopping. They thought he was on crack. <laughs> he, he's grabbing me by my shoulders and just jumping around and, you know, using me to jump higher. And we get in the ring. And uh, the first time I touched, a, uh, actually touched, physically touched a wrestling ring. I grabbed the top rope to grab and pull myself into the ring that night. Wow. And then the rest of it, like I trained every day before the shows and just kept that to myself. You know, it was, it was, it was a really stupid and weird way to get into the ring. Uh, I didn't really mess up, but one time, and it's just a common thing. They called too much in the back, which I, I, I can't do. I can't to this day. I can't stand calling in the back. Uh, you and I are a lot like that. I mean, I hate calling stuff in the back. Does that just mean laying yeah. your match out beforehand? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's doing a savage, you might call it. Yeah, it's 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 too too much changes while you're out there. Yeah. You know, you know what's funny? I was listening to just going by that. Um, Sherry Martell was talking about, I guess, 
one of those warrior savage matches and i guess randy savage gave the ultimate warrior like 29 pages of notes for their match <laughs> yeah uh, that matches with the stories i've heard is that now um is there is that what what is um like do you prefer just to kind of go with the flow of the crowd is that why you prefer to call it in the the ring versus say doing it in the back i like it that way for basically that reason but also, I have the memory of a 90-year-old Alzheimer patient. Okay. If you call 50 spots in the back, I'll remember three of them probably. <laughs> and because I do run my mouth the whole time I'm out there. I mean, I don't shut up. The whole time I'm in the ring, I'm talking. And it's just so much easier, especially if you know who you're working with. And uh, mm-hmm. you just go out there. I mean, after you've had a few years in, it's, it's the only way to go. Yeah, it's really just works so much better. Yeah. And, you know, starting out, it's good to call, you know, have someone call a few spots for you and then kind of lead you as you're in there. Uh, I got hurt real soon after I'd been in. I was practicing a lot for the shows and I gave somebody a a follow away slam and the boards weren't tight enough. And one of the boards had popped up on its end. Oh, God, not that. Yeah. And I landed on that. So I'm like, I was like, you know, Nick, I'm really sore, man. It's hurting. And I'm going through my house. And I had a uh, four-year-old daughter at the time. And I'm coming through. I step on the kitchen tile and I slide on some newspapers and land on a mega block. Oh, no. I couldn't raise my arm for like four weeks. <laughs> and uh, I bruised uh, several vertebrae. And I mean, it was, it was just awful. Yeah. And, uh, but I came back. Uh, Nick was tagging with some new guy then. They weren't, they wasn't going that well. And I came back. And the first night I was back, I had to wrestle uh, BJ. Yeah. And uh, we had a really, I think it was the first night anyone had ever ran the uh, rec center in Paintsville. Okay. And uh, like I said, I, I'd been away. And it was a really good match because BJ's really good. He, he I always said he's one of the people you need to work when you first come in. Mm-hmm. Because every time you do, you know, you do your move, you do your setup, you go for your pin, and he's telling you, all right, now, brother, we're going to do this. You do that yeah. set, and then, now, brother, we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And I kind of done that as I've gotten older, um, especially when I work younger guys. Mm-hmm. I kind of have a thing where I, you know, uh, had a rookie work me a few years ago. I said, look, I'm going to let you take over. We're going to go till you screw up. Just as soon as you fuck up, I'm taking over, and you're not getting nothing else for a while. <laughs> and, uh, How the, long the, did it take? One move. Oh, God. He got one move in. We worked the next show. He said, man, uh, I got family coming in. Can you let me do a lot? I said, same rule applies, man. I'll let you take over. You can do whatever you want till you screw up. He did, too. He got He got better. Yeah, he got a little better. <laughs> he is a good kid. It's just, you know, you can't sacrifice how much you like someone and then ruin the whole show. Would, uh, is this someone I know? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Tell me later. Yeah, We don't want to bury him on air. Yeah, he's a good kid. I, From the way you're talking, his... I have a theory, but we yeah. we won't just, bury uh, anybody on air. Just admit it's Alex Angel. and. <laughs> No, that's <laughs> no. That's a, that's a I, joke oh. for Shad there. Yeah. Oh, 
He's been on the mine show. Mine and Alex for yeah. He's now, been on the mine show. and Alex's first match. He might even mentioned on the show. Did he? The first match me and him had at a Martin. Oh, I'm thinking it was, it was an outside show downtown. It's some kind of festival, probably red, white, and blue, or Fourth yeah. of July. We're lining up. We're going to lock up. And as soon as we go lock up, some kid screams, "Your pants are gayer than me!" Yeah. And we just stopped. I'm like, did he just say that? He said, did you just say that? He said, you heard me. <laughs> it just, just, just stopped us both dead in our tracks. I was, I was at ringside that night. Um, that was when Alex came in. That was his first match. He wasn't under a hood, and nope. uh, he goes. I remember that because that happened, and I was doing my my manager gimmick at the time, and I that happened, and. I was trying like hell not to just start laughing because that would have just screwed my whole gimmick up. But yeah. it, it, <laughs> the whole place just came to a stop at that one thing. <laughs> we just screamed it. Okay. Wow. <clears throat> oh, man. You, you tell that story and I forget where we were going next. Uh, Brad, have you got anything? <laughs> Uh, is a, a standard question. Have you worked in other states outside of Kentucky? Uh, yes, I have. Did a few West Virginia shows. God. I'm thinking I did a Tennessee, but I'm telling you, I can't remember for sure if I have or not. West Virginia is always rough, though, because you don't know what you're working. Mm-hmm. They don't have a uh, commission in West Virginia, do they? No, they don't have anything. And uh, Nick had actually booked us in a show. And I was going to have to go over and work. Oh, I forget the guy's name now. He was semi-famous semi for a short while. And I was going to have to work him and uh, Necro Butcher. Really? I was like, Nick, I, don't, I said, Nick, I do not do that crap. Yeah. <laughs> when we came in, I was like, look, I'm not bleeding for nobody. And I'm not doing no hardcore matches. You know, 900 floor bumps later. <laughs> barely walk. Yeah. Oh, you've worked. Did but you, it was it. Did you actually work Necro Butcher? Nope. Oh. No, I didn't end up going over there. We uh, this this place was. I can't remember how to get to. I know you had to go to Charleston and then southeast through. I don't know if we'd had to took the bus when they brought their sunlight into them <laughs> or what. But these guys, the, at first it, it sounded like, all right. If you're gonna pay us, we'll go. And then the guy just kept. And this was in this was in MySpace days. Yeah. So this guy's just calm. Doing that crap. That yeah. guy's insane. You want to so, know? You know what's hilarious about Necro Butcher is he's like legitimately a genius. Like I think he went to college at like fifteen or sixteen or something. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's a and he's a big old dude. I mean, he looks really skinny, but he's a he's a pretty good sized dude. Yeah, he's I'm never. Um, he's a weird. He's a like do like listening to shoot interviews with him. He's just he's a weird, different kind of person. Um, not in a bad way. It's just that doesn't make what you're saying inaccurate, though. No, but like they asked him like what he thought about his career. He's like, man, he's like, I gotta I gotta travel the world and like do all this stuff on a, other someone else's dime. Like it was great. Mm-hmm. I just can't imagine how easy it was for him to get up in the morning after some of the stuff he did no because i feel like a car wreck half the yeah. time when i get up i was even scott hauling it there for a while oh yeah drive and i'd get me a 
I get me a six or a twelve pack because it made the back feel better the next day. <laughs> we're going. Up, we're driving over this big mountain one night, and uh, I think Richard and Alex was behind us, and yeah. I had to keep dodging my beer bottles. I was throwing behind <laughs> me. I think that too was going there. I know. I know. It definitely was Richard. Yeah. So um, fun times though. Does it well, um, okay. does it affect your ability to watch wrestling, or do you are you like uber critical of like the the small technical things? Like, I know um, I know my my dad was like a volunteer firefighter, and he can't watch things with firefighting on TV because he just complains the whole time about how not correct it is. So I was wondering, do you like do you ever like watch current wrestling? Like, well, why are you doing that? Like, you should be doing it like this, and you know. I'll be honest. I, I don't watch current wrestling anymore. I just, and it's not because I'm critical. I just, I can't keep interested in it. It's like, okay, this worked. So let's do it this way, but we'll put a blue label on it instead of an old red label. I just, I can't get interested in it. I'm, I'm going to start back because it has affected me in the last couple of years. When I go in the ring, somebody calls something. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? And, oh, it's a fire, fireman's carry into a body slam. Why didn't you just say that? I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Call something regular. If you're looking to get back in, um, we talk about it sometimes, but AEW has been fairly friendly for like just casual watching. Yeah. I, I got a few guys, like I said, at work. One of the guys, he's just like a super fan. He loves it. He sounds like Boomhauer if he was Cajun. So it's really hard <laughs> to tell what he's saying. Huge Undertaker mark. And I yeah. tease him all the time, and the only time I thought he was really going to punch me was when I told him the Undertaker was gay. <laughs> he actually cocked his arm back. <laughs> I was like, well, all his moves end up with a dude's junk in his face. Blue, that's all I'm saying. Actually, if you're if you're if you if you don't mind watching it on a computer, I and you want like a more real sports feel, I would actually say New Japan is also like a good oh, yeah. a good promotion to check out. Yeah, uh, I'm going to have to get back in watching, just like I said, just because I do miss the sport, and I'm going to have to get back into it soon because I got the itch real bad right now. Yeah. But honestly, as far as the question goes, I enjoy watching horrible wrestling. I like looking up indie shows where the guys suck so bad it's hard to watch because it makes me realize. I always said, if you want to learn how to wrestle, watch the bad crap so you know what not to do. <laughs> kind of like if your parents were like the worst parents ever was, you're sick because you know exactly what not to do. You know, don't hand your kid a pack of Marlboro cigarettes, two Bud Lights, and say, Mommy, be home in a little bit. Hey, Matt, what was that pay-per-view you were showing as parts of that was like legitimately trying to be the worst pay-per-view ever? Like they had a tag team and they introduced them as 80s Russian guys. Oh, that's <laughs> so that was um, Gallows and Anderson just released obviously from the wwe uh and they they actually marketed their pay-per-view as though this is the worst show <laughs> like of all time that was actually their tagline which is brilliant if you think about it because it's like if you if you're marketing yourself as the worst show of all time there's no place to go but up right um but it was apparently it was it, they ran this past saturday it was just a 90 minute pay-per-view i wasn't even aware of it but um i don't know what the buy rate was uh but it was apparently like a really fun show. It was, it's gotten like rave reviews from like just about everyone I know who's seen it. It's, 
it's not necessarily the best wrestling is what uh, I've heard, but in terms of like entertainment value, it's supposedly very high because they did do a lot of weird, wacky stuff uh, like that. They just had two dudes come out. <laughs> it's like 80s Russian heels. <laughs> You're in a tag match, go. And it was like just weird, wacky shit like that, Wasn't it which called, I can like, appreciate. Uh, talk, talk and shop a mania. Yes. Talk and shop a mania. Okay. Okay. Was that what you posted that clip of Shad where the guy couldn't get the move off, so he just like put the guy's hand around his throat to get choke slammed? No, no, off? no. That was that was from that was just from a uh, a Reddit thread I found, but oh. that spot cracked me up. Um, I'll send it to you in a little bit, Duke. But there's this dude. He he's trying to do the hurricane spot where he goes choke slam the dude way bigger than him. <laughs> and he's a skinny dude, and he gets his hand on, and he goes to lift, and he goes to lift. And he just kind of stops, and you see the defeated look in his face. And he takes the other guy's hand and puts it on his throat and takes a choke slam. <laughs> <clears throat> so, can, uh, hey, yeah, go for it. If I could just add uh, one more last thing about Talking Chopamania, uh, I will give them credit. Uh, they brought back the Yeti. Oh yes, <laughs> the Yeti made an appearance, <laughs> and that's how you know it's like that. They just are completely in on the joke, but yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, the return of the yet, because you know what, we'll save that for another time. Um, so, so, so since Duke, since you like bad wrestling, um, what is your favorite bad gimmick of all time? Doink, hands down. I hate Doink. I like Doink when he was Doink, but I don't like that uh, these nine hundred and fifty-five Doinks wrestling everywhere every night. Oh yeah, there's like there was some like in the the late '90s. I live in Columbus, Ohio. Just FYI, there was like some podunk indie, and they even had a doink. Don't know who he was, but they had a doink. Yeah, there's Dang. doinks everywhere. See, I would I, have to, I'm sorry, Matt. Go ahead. No, you go ahead, Chad. I was gonna have to hunt it up, but I had seen a clip the other day of apparently his ring name was Alabama Doink, and he was. He was having a street fight match with someone that started in a McDonald's parking lot and crossed the street into a Golden Corral parking lot <laughs> where he missed a leg drop on the top of like a it was like an early 2000s Lincoln Town car and apparently no one told the police that there was going to be a wrestling match crossing the road so they're really confused people stopping watching these watching this um <clears throat> rather generous guy in a clown suit and some other guy punching each other across the road. See, wow. The, the problem with that gimmick match, though, is is if you want to win, just drag them into the Golden Corral and eat them make Golden eat make them eat <laughs> Golden Corral food and they'll die and then you'll win. Yeah, have the potato casserole. That'll not do it for you. <laughs> Died potato casserole and three day old cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> also, Matt, I, I your tell, daughter doesn't I hate, like that I idea. Now, Halloween during indie wrestling is awful because everyone's wearing a plastic costume. Oh, I don't know how many ninjas I've wrestled. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm surprised I've not had to wrestle a sexy kitty cat a time or two. <laughs> but you, you see all the all the great or the, and then there's the always the the pretty boy that's just a cracked out meth head wearing some kind of vest. <laughs> See that everywhere too. Is he yeah. just is he just playing a pretty boy gimmick because he's skinny? Yes, <laughs> I mean I've seen I've seen some dandies. 
Oh, that's yeah, great. Always, <laughs> and then, you know, you got your big man who's just, you know, guys come in, they want to be big men, but they don't want to work out or train, so they just go to the buffet. Golden Corral's probably led to a lot of big-time big man wrestlers. <laughs> they still can't do a push-up or lift a 120-pound guy. But uh, If I could tell a brief story about Golden Corral. <laughs> go for it, man. I, I once, uh, I, as you guys know, I, I actually am, I have a law degree. Uh, and I actually am a licensed attorney. I took, I'm licensed at a few different jurisdictions. I did take one bar exam in Virginia, and Ro- it was Roanoke, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for some place to eat like the night before, and I was like, "Oh, Golden Corral, I'll just pop in there, like have a <laughs> cheap buffet." And I got the fried oysters, and that was a big mistake. I the next day, was. the next day during the exam, of which you have to sit for like three and a half hours at a time. Yeah, uh, I wasn't feeling too good in my tummy, <laughs> so I was very looking forward to that that midday break. Oh man! So yeah, don't get the fried oysters. At no, no. My- that sounds like getting gas station sh- uh, sushi. Yeah, it was probably about the the uh, as bright of an idea. Yeah, my my wife's family likes it for some reason, and my wife and I were like deep into like um, like losing weight. At one point, they went and we 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 ate there, and that was like we hadn't been like eating out or anything. And man, we were sick as dogs the next Yikes. day. That's rough, man. Yeah, Golden Corral's rough. That's like a running joke here. It's like, hey, we can go to Golden Corral. <laughs> I do that with my wife in White Castle. Um, oh, White Castle! No, 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 no. <laughs> no one. I don't. Does anyone ever actually go eat at White Castle unless yeah, there people, they're very there, drunk high? There are people. Uh, well, there are people that wrestlers. love it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, if there's I not I a Waffle House or a Huddle House, <laughs> oh White my god! Castle. See, I now I have I. I also enjoy Waffle House, but I've only ever drank. I've only ever ate at a Waffle House after I was drunk or high. Well, the, again, the wrestlers, drunks, and strippers could all—they <laughs> see each other all the time because that's all that's <laughs> open when you leave or when you're on the road. Waffle House, Huddle <laughs> House, and uh, the White Castle, yeah, which I, I always eat the, the chicken. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't eat the burgers. Because everyone, oh, let's see how many burgers we can eat. And then you're about 30 minutes down the road and you're looking for them a bathroom. Yeah. I don't know if we've had this conversation, but you guys, I mean, you guys are from the South. My family's originally from the South. Are there any crystals around in like. Very rarely. There oh, used to rarely, be yeah. one where okay. I live and they went out of business and white. They, there was a crystal that had been there for like 10 years and then White Castle built a place in town and the crystal died uh okay so because my family's from augusta georgia and we would whenever we would go down there which was at least like once or twice a year Mm -hmm. uh, they have they have crystals all throughout augusta which Mm -hmm. i don't think i don't think it's quite you know just regionally in augusta i think it's kind of spread out I'm not sure East Tennessee has them. I know Johnson City has them. I'm not sure. There's one in Nashville. I've seen one in Nashville before. Mm. There is one that that's in New Orleans, right as you're entering the French Quarter on Bourbon Street, uh, (laughs) which is like brilliant placement. Oh yeah, coming in drunk at like three, four a.m. That's exactly what you want. Uh, Crystals is basically the White Castle of the South. It's literally like the same. It's well, it's practically 
it's it, like the same small get little... you a sack full so yeah so yeah. it's not like it's the not like pools. the is that hardy's and carl jr where they like it's the same company but they change names like past the certain depending on which coast you have yeah. yeah yeah i don't i do not think it's the same thing it's, it's it's not the same company, but they they do the same stuff. Yeah, kind of like a Panera Bread and St. Louis Bread Company. Oh, I didn't know Panera went by a different name. That's interesting. Yeah, in, in St. Louis, it's called the St. Louis Bread Company. Oh, that's interesting. I think also like uh, rallies and checkers. Yes. Yeah. See, we yeah. have both. I just thought they were different. That's weird. I think they're the same. We don't have either. <laughs> yeah, you're not missing much. There's there's a. Uh, there's a rallies where I live. Yeah, I used to go to that one a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and get um, sick. <laughs> <laughs> so, just for what it's worth, so the uh, the folks listening at home can get an idea. I mean, you kind of mentioned uh, Stalin Suplex and and Gorilla Press. What's how would you characterize the way you work, or what were some of your favorite moves to do, and that sort of thing? Well. Like I said, I, I, I stole a lot from Scott Hall. You know the mm-hmm. fallaways, the just trying to be a trying to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, really love that. Uh, Wait, my, could you repeat that? You cut out for just a second. Really love that. Yeah, one. I, uh, I love the fallaway slam a lot. Crowd loved it. You know, anytime you pick somebody up, and you you know a lot of guys will keep that arm on your thigh, and I'd knock it out of the way. Really yeah. got a good response with it. Uh, it <sighs> My version of the Dreamer Driver that is more like Perry Saturn's DVD. Yeah. I take a few steps. I always got a huge pop when I hit that. <laughs> I uh, took that one a few times. Yeah, I, I quit using the rock bottom because too many guys would sandbag it, and uh, the, you really haven't. You don't really. You can't put a lot of strength into that move. Well, uh, uh, border okay. toss was fun. The first, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a story on myself real quick. The first time that I took that rock bottom from you was the last time because I think I went up too well and almost landed on my head because I went up so high for it. I I remember dribbling my head off the mat like a basketball. Yeah. So you get used to having to kind of throw a person. Then when someone knows what they're doing, you're like, oh, (laughs) let me try to hold on to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember Jim Cornette told a story on his podcast once that Bobby Lashley almost killed him on a body slam because he was so shocked that Cornette went up so easy for him that he was used to <laughs> used to having to like manhandle people. Mm-hmm. And I, I stowed a move from uh, Rob Conway. The uh, his, he does like a spinebuster kind of a uh, rock bottom combo where you you hook it but you grab their leg and you pull it up and then you do it. Really great comeback move. I started it off him. I really liked it. And then uh, the move I kind of invented that uh, I think I know you've took it. I think Duke's Wild Ride. Yeah, I've got pictures of me taking that move where I I hold it like a fall away. Yeah. But I I cock it to the left, then I spin, and I mean, my feet come off the ground. You know, it's like an airplane spin where we're both going, and as long as you don't hold on, it's fine. You know what? That was. That was honestly one of the easier big moves I ever took. Yeah. As long as you don't, if you hold on to me, I'm going to squash you. Because, you know, at that time I weighed probably 350 to 400 pounds, depending on what three year span it was. 
Well, I mean, you would pick up and do that, and it was it was pretty simple because it's, it's just like, well, uh, here we go, <clears throat> and you just yeah. kind of go with it and relax into it, and it goes fine. I guess yeah. you had some guys what cinch up on you while you were doing it or something. Yeah, uh, little Aiden was the first victim. Oh he, uh, no, he, he held on. Oh and no, I crushed, him, I crushed him like a gnat. <laughs> I thought I killed him. Oh. He was always on the bad end of a lot of rough, rough little dealings. Yeah, well, I don't know if it was him trying. Was he trying so hard that he kind of like yeah, tried himself into that? Or yeah, I think that's what it was. He wanted. He always wanted to do a good job, and I think he kind of overthought it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so being gonna... so, I, I take it from the things you're saying. You you preferred to be a heel. So as like someone, you know, on the wrestler side, do you ever like look out, you know, before your match or at the start of the show and you just like, since you see the same fans all the time or, you know, do you, do you see maybe that familiar face in the second row and you're like, oh yes, like Frank's here. Like I'm going to have so much fun, like screwing with him tonight. Well, we would, we would travel to do these different towns and there's actually a guy in the Elkhorn city who, you know, he wore the redneck uniform. He had his blue jeans, his boots, his belt buckle, his wife beater on. And then he had a really pretty wife. So I'd come out there and I'd just like lay into why she was with him. She's so hot. She needs to go back with me. And we didn't do the town after like, we did like three or four months in a row. And he wanted to kill me. We come back a year later and he's like, hey, look, my wife. He's like pointing at her. I'm like, you know, why didn't he use my wife? Give me attention for my wife. Look how well I've done for myself. Uh, and then I do the whole, you know, you guys need to thank me. You know, your woman's going to go home tonight. You're going to get lucky, but it's because she's thinking of me. And I'll be like, but don't you ladies think you're off the hook. You need to send me some money too. Cause I can guarantee you a couple of these guys and I'd like point them out. They're going to be thinking about me too. <laughs> uh, and that, that usually I like working heel, but I really don't ever get to really do it. They always flip me back, baby, because it's kind of that, you know, while I'm making fun of this guy on the left, these other people are cheering and laughing at him. Yeah. You know. Everyone's you, having too much fun laughing along. You kind of get a you get a comedy show with your wrestling. <laughs> we um it, it's I have said in the past and I'll I'll tell you why I say this is the the guy I probably had the best matches in my career with was Alex, but I had the most fun working with you. And the shame of it was we didn't get to do it very often. No, we really didn't. You and know, I, me and Alex, like you said, me and him always had. You know, he's a great wrestler. Uh, yeah. Me and him's me and him's really good friends. One of the few people in the business I've I've stayed friends with even now. Mm-hmm. I mean, his wife cuts my hair. Oh, okay. I, I look. I, I, I mean, I'm him's not so got to wrestle a whole lot. No. I'm so far removed that I don't get to keep up on, on everybody. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's weird. It's like the, the, there were folks I really wanted to work with and just never got a chance to, um, or I wanted to work with them more and didn't get a chance to. Yeah. I mean, we had a couple good tags. Uh, I know we did, uh, painful. We did, uh, mm-hmm. neon. You know, it's always yeah. fun. Why don't you go ahead and tell that neon story? Because this is this is a this is a hell of a story. Oh, it got quiet. 
wrong, but I'm about sure my manager had her baby that night. I think that was uh, when Sarah was. Okay. Back back up a little bit, because I, I think we lost the, the front so end. So, me and you that. got that. We were wrestling uh, Waldo and Mikey. Yeah. It was a hardcore, outside, anything goes. Street fight. Just pure street fight. And in probably one of the biggest redneck towns around. These, I mean, I hung the posters for this town. And I, I was pretty dark at the time. And I remember some guys reaching for their guns when I asked to hang a poster outside the pawn shop. <laughs> like, Mikey, they're going to string me up. These, these guys are crazy. Yeah. And uh, so we're doing this. And we we go out. And they just laid into I mean, we were hit with, ah, man, it was everything. They had bats. I remember there was, besides the garbage cans, the pool yeah. cues. The pool cue was my fault. I brought that, but um, and a bag of popcorn, like a <laughs> humongous bag. It's like one of those big carnival teddy bear size of popcorn. Yeah. I, I'm I'm getting beat to death, and I've got popcorn kernels in my ear. I can barely hear. <laughs> and uh, I remember we took over, and I looked yeah. out. I forget what I threw you. I said, beat his ass. They've killed us. <laughs> I don't remember what you tossed to me. I don't remember what it was. It, it was something heavy. Yeah. But I think you was taking a garbage can lid to him. I'm like, that's not big enough here. <laughs> beat him with this. <laughs> and then we get the whole, the whole, uh, kebobbing of the anal sphincter with a pool cue. Yeah. Yeah. We, that was, uh, that was a thing that happened. Not my favorite spot. Bowling balls involved. I think was I was there? in the corner and got bowling balled. That could have been the one of the Elkhorn Street fights. But yeah, that, that like might I have said, been the Elkhorn. I, got in, I don't remember that one. No, no, no hardcore stuff. I'm not doing that. Yeah. And I think I was in ninety percent of that company's hardcore matches. I'm not yeah. Sure. But uh, what about that old feller? Oh, man. You know, the, what set him up was the show before. Uh-huh. And I'm out there, and he's got these, you know, he's like 60, and he's got his pretty little, uh, I guess they were his granddaughters or daughter-in-laws. And I was doing my whole heel thing, you know, and he threatens, and I'm like, come on, old man. You know, he's like, you know what? You can get in there and fight Jesus. Call down Jesus. Fight Jesus. I remember looking at Kenny going, dude, I do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Challenging Jesus. Yeah. So the next show, I go around. I'm like, hey, you bring your little knife? Because, you know, he flipped his knife out that night. He's going to stab me. Yeah. I'm like, you bring your knife? He said, I brought something better. And he whips out a taser and a 38. (laughs) And I go, oh, and I remember going over. And then Mikey and I think even you're like, will you take the taser tonight? (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Hang on. I wouldn't have put that on you. (laughs) I wasn't going to do that to you. I'm not, I'm not. Oh yeah, I'm not going to take the taser. That's what I need to do. Go on with my pants all pissy. How do you respond to a request like that? Oh, will you take a taser shot? <laughs> like no. I, th- I think that, that 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 was more of a rib than anything else, oh, okay. wasn't it? Which, I don't know. I think he was pretty serious about taking the taser. Wow. See, was, I was. I don't think they asked me because if they did, then. It'd been like, look, I'm not you. If if that taser comes into play, I know it's getting put on me, and I've got a long drive. I've got a longer drive home than you guys do, so um, I got reason to be concerned here. 
Yeah, I'm not taking a taser. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of good money. The money's going to be real good if I'm taking a taser. Yeah, no kidding. That's like Goldberg Starcade money. Um, yeah. I remember you came over and told me that. And we spent like the entire match trying to keep our eye on where that guy was so he couldn't sneak up behind us. Yes. That guy was crazy. He really was. Which there was a lot of crazy people there that night. That, that was a crazy town. I really don't understand why we didn't run that town anymore because it packed out. I would, if, if, if I'm going to guess, it's probably so that someone like that didn't shoot us. Yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> Can't be sure what's going to happen, right? Yeah, you never know on that. Yeah. So, um, hang on. I'm going to stall out here. We're having such a good time talking. Matt, is there anything <laughs> you ask him? Well, I guess, like, uh, as it's a related question, it sounds like based upon that story, it didn't. you guys didn't really work a lot of, like, smarter crowds. The, it seems like everything was pretty kayfabe, or did they just, they know, like, winking and a nod, that's all. It's not real. They just were kind of... They still got riled up well, by it, the with indie wrestling, mm-hmm. and it's one of the things I always tell people. Like when we're training them, you know, everybody knows what it is, and and honestly, a lot of indie fans will come in uh, telling you exactly what you're going to do, and they know what it all is, and they're there really to make fun of it. But the, the trick is is to turn it into a magic show you got to get them so involved with what you're doing in the ring, so involved in what story's playing out, that you make them forget just a little bit so they get that edge of the seat little ah moment, you know, where it's like, <gasps> what, what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. And that's really, as a, a person that does it, that's what you're trying to do. You make them forget just for a second, and they forget, oh, this is fake. Oh, this is what's going on. Oh, this is pre-scripted or whatever. And, and they get drawn in, especially when you're really up there trash-talking them the whole time. They, they, they kind of take it personal. And then the guys that don't get drawn in, they're agging it on because they see you getting on this one guy's nerves, and they're. Slide of hand. You got to yeah. just make those people that paid to come there and give you pure hell forget what they know for a few seconds. Mm-hmm. The. Um... So I, I've told the story. I've told some stories about me pissing people off before. Did you have ever have any any stories that that you would be up for telling about, like those people that you really got on, like it it kind of pushed over the top on them, or, no, or like uh, really got under their skin? I don't really think so. I mean, I've never, you know, I've had people threaten to, you know, stab me, beat me up. Uh, I worked a show in Frankfurt where uh, I went in as a heel, and I really cut them down pretty bad. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm taking my gear because I just started dating Jen, and I'm taking my gear to put it in the back of the car, and I'm going to go back out. i got to do something. But, you know, I'm done for the night, and I'm walking through. i got my bags, and I hear somebody go, that's him. That's Duke right there. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm going to get my ass whipped tonight. <laughs> and I'm going to put my stuff in. And uh, these other people come out, and I'm like, oh, man, I've, I've, gosh, I'm stupid. You know, one of my – and the guy comes up, and he's, like, all, like, happy. I think he was a – I forget what he said he did, but he worked for actually for the Winchester Police Department. Really? He had on, like, a little barbershop quartet, little straw hat. <laughs> uh, 
and I cut him to shreds. Yeah. And uh, but you know he was fine with it. But I, I really believe the other guys were probably going to wire me out that night, or at least that that was their intention. That. <laughs> uh, but you know. I went, you know, had, as a heel, you got to use the restroom or something. You know, you got to kind of go out there. And, you know, you kind of cut around and you, you can't break character if, you know, so you have to, you know, hey, dude's like, shut your mouth, don't talk to me. Go in there and be, and you're like, man, don't come here and start. I'm just trying to pee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember a night in Ashland where yeah. uh, Onyx had actually busted me open. Oh, really? Yeah, we had a, uh, my, I'd been dieting a lot. My skin was thin. We did a, mm-hmm. man, I, I was bleeding bad. I mean, I have a huge scar from it still. He's like, what are we going to do? I'm like, you know, spear me, take it home. And so the radio guys, uh, I forget what their show was called. I, I lined myself to where when he speared me, I could throw all the blood from my hair all over them. And they'd actually, <laughs> because the show, because the show before it, they'd went and uh, told the promoter, Carrie, that I was being mean to him and he shouldn't book me no more. Okay. Because it wasn't right for me to tell them they had uh, lice in their beard because they were terrorists. <laughs> uh, so I, I go out and I'm in the bathroom. You know, I'm trying to get all the blood out and glue it shut. And this kid comes over and he goes, oh, my God, it's completely real. He's really bleeding. It's completely real. And he goes running down the hallway screaming, it's real. It's real. He's really hurt. <laughs> so that kid's probably somewhere right now in pure denial. No, no, that really happened. Ray Mysterio really lost his eye. <laughs> I'll probably ruin that kid's whole life. What do you? So you're a worker. Um, I asked Shad this question. So if if you were to remove someone's eye, would you prefer a fork or a melon baller? Um, I think you gotta just really go in there and stick your finger in and kind of wrap it. <laughs> around that orbital nerve and then just pull it <laughs> cord or something and then just really get those juices <laughs> but i think a fork would probably work better you kind of wrap it like spaghetti and then give it a good tug <laughs> melon ball would just slip out maybe if it was dry maybe on a good day when the, like the pollen counts up you could really get it with a melon ball but <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. So, um, in in most of your career, and I'm asking this for the benefit of everybody else, would you say that there's been one kind of uh, one kind of wrestling that you've been more inclined towards, or one style or gimmick you've been more inclined? Like you, you mentioned being in a lot of the the hardcore matches and stuff. Um, no, I, when when me and Alex first started going different places too, they they referred to our style as a Memphis hybrid is what a lot of people would say. I remember remember that term a lot. You know, I like the storytelling because I just think you know you got to really with indie wrestling and to keep your tickets, you got to keep people interested. But at the same style, I'm I, I love the attitude era stuff. You know. You gotta you gotta go with the times. You know, people don't want to see clothesline and arm bar. That's not gonna have the kid in school money going, Hey, you need to go watch this guy. He grabbed an arm and worked it for forty five minutes. <laughs> no, they're gonna say, Yo, this guy picked this other guy up, ran and power bombed him through the ring and then got hit with a chair. You know, you gotta 
it's got to go hand in hand. You gotta you gotta give them what they want to see. You know, like Joe Dirt said, it's not what you want; it's what the consumer wants. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people just forget that, and then you go and you know, first time I watched wrestling in uh, indie shows in uh, Illinois, mm-hmm. you know, you you could tell the guys that were trained uh, mm-hmm. by like in OBW and stuff like that. I remember Tommaso was there that night. Man, he put on a show and a half that night. Then you have these other guys taking superplexes to the outside, and the guy that received it was up in three seconds before the guy that gave it. Oh, you know, they completely no selling, and uh, you you could just tell the ones that had been trained and the ones that hadn't been right to, to do that different. Which you know, in some places, that's the market. Whew. I, I, it would piss me off to see that uh, that sort of thing happen. Oh, but. I seen a guy do a running, you know, he run, jumped on the top rope, dived out, and tornado DDT the guy through the, you know, there, there's no rules there, like, right through the chairs. The dude gets up, that took it, grabs him, kicks him, and throws him into the ring. I'm like, dude, that's so a that, that, finish. That, stuff, oh, that that loses me completely. You know, at least. Yeah. You know, you got to sell it. You can do the big stuff. I mean, oh, God, me and, me and Alex have killed each other before. I remember I gave him a, a, a pile driver on the outside after he about killed me off the top. Right. Sir, I had to interrupt the ref, I don't know, 10 or 15 times. Yeah. Uh, when I finally tried to roll him into the ring, because, you know, I was dead, too. It was a fluke. You know, I got my pile driver off as, you know, desperation. Yeah. I go to pick him up, and he goes, I'm going to be complete dead weight. So, you know, I had to actually – it was hard. I like to never got him into the ring. Mm-hmm. We milked that one spot for 10 minutes, and the fans stayed with it the whole time. I don't doubt it. And it was just – you know, it kept them – we didn't have to do anything, and it <laughs> kept them involved in it. And, and it really worked, and I'm thinking I won that night. I think it was a, a roll-up or something. It was something – me and him, I think that was when me and him did a best of seven series. Where was that at? We wrestled that everywhere. That was the last match they let me and him have. They said that we shouldn't have done a spot like that. that and we never wrestled for them again. Wow. Together, it was a That's... good, uh, good, good, good little feud. I really enjoyed, like I said, I've always enjoyed wrestling him. Uh, mm-hmm. I like working with uh, Zodiac, he's real easy to work. Uh, mm-hmm. All these indie guys, man. Uh, I love Larry D's show right now. He's got one of the best shows around. Yeah, well, and uh, Larry's—he's kind of on the rise. Um, yeah. yeah, and I'm real happy for him. Yeah, I really am. But it's—I uh, wish I could have got. I, I worked Larry one time at, a, and it was the hell of it was that it was a drop-in uh, in Moorhead. Like, I just went out, I went up to Moorhead just because it was like, look, I'm not doing anything. Why don't I just run up there? And if, <clears throat> if, uh, if they don't need me for anything, then I'll just watch a show. And if they do want me for something great, I'm here and I got my stuff in the car. And I get there and it was, uh, it was when Carrie was running it and he, he, and Ken was taking pictures for him. And I'm just, kind of hanging around they're like hey man and i'm like hey what's up and they're like so getting a ticket i said yeah probably i'm just uh and uh all of a sudden ken comes up he goes you got your gear and i was like well yeah and he goes uh why don't you come with me 
And the guys were like, oh, okay, never mind, don't worry about it. And uh, they brought me back, and they're like, yeah, we just uh, we had someone no-show. Can you do, be willing to do a drop-in? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And it was with Larry, and he had Jordan Cage managing him. So it was like, wow, um, these are like the guys that headline the cards that I'm going to be having a match. Okay, but Larry was, God, it was easy as falling out of bed. I went. I did a few of the Moorhead shows when. Uh, let's see, I think Coke booked it when I first started doing it, and then mm-hmm. uh, Killer Kurt was booked. Yeah, somewhere. Kurt's the one that I heard the stories. Uh, um, we're throwing around a lot of names that people at home listening are going to have no context for. So, uh, yeah. apologies for that. But um, yeah, that's that's. Uh, I think it was Ben that told me about that. Um, that Kurt was the one that was booking it at the time. So. You know, I went up there and did that, and and Larry, you know, he he gave me an opportunity to shine a little bit. Um, that was the most pissant crowd I've ever dealt with. The ones that were that were more concerned about trying to to piss you off than just enjoy the show. Yeah, um, yeah they, they they really had a there's a group that liked to uh, do, that. and that's probably the same group that I threw blood all over to be honest. <laughs> My hair was kind of long, too, and it was saturated. We had 30 yeah. seconds to take it home. I was like, just spear me, and I knew what I was going to do. The uh, the only time I had that happen was a little – it was a show in uh, in Liberty. And the hell of it was, we were like four minutes into a four-corners tag match. And uh, they put me in the ropes and it split my eyebrow open. And that just brought the whole thing to a screaming stop right there. Yeah. I was so damn mad. Oh yeah. So, anyway, uh, let's let's get out of the inside baseball a little bit so it's enjoyable for our listeners. So, the, uh, <laughs> so I know you. I know you. You say you don't like follow much now, but do you? Do you at least get to see the clips of stuff like Orange Cassidy? Do you have an opinion on something like that that's a little more out there and weird? I really don't watch any of it right now. I really don't. I don't. Like I said, if it, the guys that work the stuff they talk about, but I really don't watch any of it. I, I know a lot of guys, they, they just talk about how ridiculous it gets. Well, so what his gimmick is, is he's kind of like a slacker gimmick, and he does like a lot of spots with his um, with his hands in his pockets. And like a lot of his moves are lazy and stuff. Like oh, he'll, yeah. He'll do, um, I think the one that makes me laugh is he'll go up to the top rope, and he'll like, spin his hands like he's going to do a 450 and he then he just kind of like flops onto the guy. Yeah. He does a <laughs> splash, but he doesn't even take his hands out of his pockets. He just kind of falls off the top. Kind of like, meh. I'll do <laughs> yeah. this. Here's yeah. what you want to see. Look at my version. Yeah. And then there's... It, he's, yeah. My favorite... I can see how that could get over, though. That could that could work. Oh, it does. <clears throat> But it's, yeah, but he took it. He takes it to like a lot of degrees. Like he was selling merch for a while, and people said like they would get a shirt from him, and he would just like rough. He would just like ruffle it up and like throw it in a like a FedEx box with like nothing, like just That's to great. keep the gimmick going. And like there was someone that tried to do a test of strength with him, and he they couldn't get like she couldn't get his hands out of his pockets. Yeah, he's uh, he's taking the gimmick uh, kind of far. Um, but I've actually been to a couple of WrestleCons where he's been there, like, you know, just sitting there, like where he's, he 
you can come up to him, get an autograph, stuff like that. And he's basically in character because he'll just sit there like slumped over. <laughs> if you say hello to him, it's like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, but it's a brilliant gimmick because he doesn't really have to do too much. It's a lot of comedy, but it actually works in the context of the character, and it gets the crowd really invested in it. So, yeah, yeah. you can have a lot of longevity with that too. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what I said. Is uh, it wasn't that long ago? Is I was like, the guy is brilliant. He's he's figured out a gimmick how he doesn't have to do much and doesn't have to take too much punishment. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, you remember Big Show even did kind of that thing in WCW for a while when he was smoking in the ring and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Just going to the corner that. and smoke a cigarette. I love yeah. that because Disco Inferno is like, don't you, don't you realize that's going to stunt your growth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. I may, I may have to, you guys may have convinced me to start back. I may have to. I mean, oh, start back watching it. It's easier than ever right now because TNT eight o'clock on Wednesday nights has wrestling again. Yep, it's um, it, it has it. I don't have cable, but it's it's got me far more invested than seeing the same old same old uh, for Vince. Because yeah. well, you just, know that's that's kind of what soured me from it. The last I watched, honestly. I was watching more of the throwbacks and the old shows and, you know, mm-hmm. getting on the fire stick and looking at regional little local stuff that was on it. And I just can't, I cannot get into the WWE part of it. I just, uh, yeah, they've, they've, they've pretty well turned all, all three of us off. Um, we, <laughs> what was our last episode was pretty much about that entirely. Yeah. So just, yeah, kind of just complaining. But you know, I am a I am a, a Jericho fan. Got to admit mm-hmm. that I've always liked Jericho. You you would be um, if you can find it. He did a match with Kenny Omega a couple years ago. That's just fantastic because he's oh yeah yeah yeah. I've seen highlights of that. Now. Yeah, because he's he's just cutting loose now. And um, there was this great angle in AEW where he and Cody were feuding. And he locked himself in a room, and Cody like punched through the glass, and they just start brawling like through the arena. And then, and, and then yeah. Jericho's like Jericho had, like had bought a ticket to the show. He had like a skybox ticket. Yeah, so it was and, him and his, that's how it yeah. started. After like the, they drag him away, Jericho's like practically crying. He's like, "But I have a ticket." Yeah, and he's waving the ticket around, <laughs> and it's such a, a chicken shit heel. <laughs> Thing, but it was brilliant and it was like awesome and i lo- what i loved about that angle specifically brad since you brought it up uh i mean there are people kind of criticized them because they took a dig at the wwe but what i liked about that is that it was it was the typical thing where jericho is like mocking cody uh from the skybox and then cody is on the mic in the ring and he's like look we're not i'm not this isn't that other company uh, there's nothing preventing me from coming up there and kicking your ass. And then he just leaves the ring and he goes and he kicks Jericho's ass. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like it's so it's such a throwback. It's like it's very old school, but with like a subversion of what the kind of the trope has been or has become. Yeah, where it's like oh the heel the 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 face never gets to come up never gets like the the heel to have his comeuppance. It's like no the heel got his comeuppance here. Like the the yeah. face was like no screw you I'm gonna go kick your ass and then he did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it, it didn't hurt Jericho in the least because Jericho got over just with his behavior. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I had a ticket, I had a ticket. It was, <laughs> and he even put out a T-shirt. 
I know. Which I think sold like a, a, a shit ton of, of uh, numbers of that t-shirt just because it was so funny. And yeah. This was also AEW, but um, they they did this thing where like they got they convinced John Moxley to join their stable, and they like celebrate and everything, and the stable leaves, and it's just Moxley and Jericho in there, and and then Moxley just gets on the mic, he's like, you know what, Jericho, he's like, I was just kidding, like your stable's dumb, and then he DDTs him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and he left with the keys to a Ford GT yeah. as well. Oh. Yeah. And he still drives yeah, that... it around for promos. It's it's great. Yeah, and they um, and they have Jake the Snake like managing Lance Archer there. It, there's a lot to to really enjoy if you're willing to give it a shot. Um, and to- yeah, I'm going to have to like I said, just uh, just miss it, you know. Yeah, when and, you're not in it, you miss it, and and just to just entice to you do. a little more, uh, Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross are on commentary. <laughs> That's a dandy right there. They're good too. Yeah, they're good. So, uh, all right, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw to another one, um, and and I'm gonna ask for your side of this uh, that we were both in. But one one of the most fun matches I ever had was <clears throat> it had you and Nick and Alex and myself, except Nick and Alex were teamed up, and you and I were teamed up. And I don't know if that stood out to you like it did to me. Did yeah, we had a great time that night. That yeah. I'm thinking that was painful. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was thinking that was painful. We had a great. I think. I think at the time I had the tag. Me and Nick had just lit. I think we had the tag yep. titles. I mean, you yep. had the tag titles that night. Yep. Well, you and Sarah did. Yeah. I did. I didn't take one of them because I hadn't won the belt, so I was just like, no, I, it wouldn't make sense for me to carry one. But you and Sarah had them. That that was when they started doing that their little uh, I, I like to call it the Ravens flock. Yeah, but uh, it was a great match. We had a good time, a lot of good chemistry. Mm-hmm. We'd all worked together a few times, and uh, you know it's hard not to have a good match with Alex Angel. I hate to he's gonna hear it now. His head's gonna swell up four sizes <laughs> too big. But I always had good chemistry with him. Uh, one of the best. I mean, you always had good chemistry out there. Yeah, it's really my, good when you know when you know who you're going to wrestle. You know what you're going to do. And it's rare to find that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the other few people I had that with was uh, probably Kobe. Yeah, me and him worked a probably 15, 20 minute match and never called the first spot and never blown the first spot. Oh yeah, yeah Kobe is the one that. that I had that. Um that chain match with and yeah. I I look back at it and I was like that's yeah, that's probably one of the best ones I've had yeah. uh, so the, but, the painful was that the same match when you made Nick cry with the the mist <laughs> yes it was okay please tell that story so usually I took the mist I don't know how many times I, it, the, the, the spot was, it's going to be a stroke mist frog splash. I took that probably 20 times in a two year span. Well, okay. Hang on. Set it up for everybody real quick. Cause they, at they that don't time, at that time you was the, uh, the Bubba Rogers, silent Bob hit you with anything. Hardcore, like martial arts master. Yeah. Who pre- and 
So and I'd BJ, be giving the upper wait, hand. Wait, back up, because we, we lost you for a second. Oh. Like, you had me doing my thing and then BJ's thing, right? Yeah. And, and so BJ, me and BJ's BJ. working this match, the Hollywood's next big thing. Yeah. And as soon as I get my upper hand, that's when you come in and lay me out. I'd usually take that face full of mist that could not get it off for nothing. <laughs> what was the so mist? So thick made, and burnt was, so bad. What was the mist made out of, out of curiosity? I know, she, I think Shad said on the show before, but. Uh, yeah, a lot was... of spit, a lot of spit, <laughs> and concentrated Kool-Aid. It was basically a pack or two of Kool-Aid and then a travel yeah. shampoo bottle of, of water. If that, I would have guessed one of those little small travel Advil bottles. It was, it was thick and concentrated. Now, it, now for, yeah. <clears throat> for context, because we know different colors of mists have um, different powers, what color of mist was this... Uh, I've taken red and green. I'm thinking Nick took red that night. Yeah. I got in the habit of using red because that was, I had a red and black motif going for a yeah. long time. Well, it's a good thing so you didn't we, use black mist because I think that's death mist. Yeah. You just, you just die and never come back. Uh, which one so, uh, permanently blinds you or at least temporarily blinds you? Is it black mist or is it? No, I think black that is kills black. you. I think, I think red is the blindy mist because green mist is, is that your, what the, green mist is your like standard mist red is extra special is that what uh, Nadia took that left her blind for like six months yes i think okay. so okay i couldn't remember which color that was well what i like about tajiri is i think there's a couple matches where he actually used multi like different color like if he misted more than once he would mist with different colors he did do that yeah he yeah did. So, anyway, please continue. Oh, yeah. So, Nick's like, I want to take the mist. I want to take the mist. He was a huge, great Muda fan. So, he wanted the mist. He wanted the mist. Mm -hmm. So, they got me. They're holding me. They're going to get me. And you stepped back into the ring. And I'm thinking someone took a swing at you and you ducked and you went to spray me accidentally. But Nick took it. Well, no, because you and I were, were teaming. You and I were on the same team. Yeah. And so I, I rolled in and grabbed, because Nick was going to hit you with the kendo stick. So I just yes. grabbed him and whipped him around. And, and soon, I, I know the finish was supposed to be Alex was going to beat me doing something. But as soon as you missed it, Nick, he dropped, hit his ass, rode out of the ring, tears flying everywhere. Like, it was like the match ended. It's like, <laughs> why, why, why'd he quit? He quit. And Ken had a picture of him just sitting there on his ass. On the concrete, rubbing his eyes and just tears everywhere. <laughs> just I was like, roll me up. <laughs> what are we going to do from here? <laughs> I think we took that one actually. That I think night. we ended up, I think we improvised. And I do think that uh, I, I can't remember how we finished it though. Like I said, I got the memory of a ninety-year-old Alzheimer's patient. Well, so. I, I can't remember either because I felt I fell down and rolled out of the ring. I was laughing so hard. Um, which makes me sound kind of like a, a psychopath in saying that, but um, I'm, I'm I'm thinking he, I think we improvised, and I, I, maybe a DDT roll up, or probably most likely it was a DVD. That uh, that that makes sense. Most likely, he probably just hoisted him and and dropped him. That's what I'm thinking. It was, we yeah. went into that and switched it, but yeah, I remember Dick just quit from the minute. <laughs> Oh, I took so many kendo shots. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, I wish we could have done more with that because um, it just it seemed like you and I just played off of each other really well. Yeah, we did. We, we it was a good it was a good match. It really was. And uh, like I said, the time over in Neon was, and then anytime we had interaction, it seemed to go really smooth. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, you you were always just so easy to work with, and you were one of the people that I knew. Yeah, because what it was you and me and Big Ben, I think, were the the three big guys that were in that company at the time. Yeah, and I always knew that it's like, well, you know, if, if Duke's going to pick me up, I'm going to be fine. Nothing's going to happen, so I can relax. But you know, there was well, I guess I guess Eugene, you could call him one of the big ones too, but he didn't pick anybody up for anything. No. Um. But, you know, the, there were other people who were wanting to do stuff like that. And I'm just like, no, sir. Uh, yeah, I always that, knew you were going to take care of me. Yeah, that's that's one thing I'm actually pretty confident about and uh, feel pretty good about. I've never hurt anyone. I've never dropped nobody wrong. I've never hurt anyone or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I've been really fortunate. And, and like I said, you're always easy to work with because just about any kind of weirdness we came up with, we were able to make it work. Um, we come up with. I believe at one point we were just saying how weird we could get. <laughs> what can we do tonight for that short run? Yeah, um, I I went flipping through some old pictures before uh, last night to get ready, and there was um, there was a, a picture of a triangle choke spot we did, and yeah. I got to thinking, how do we get into that? And and we made it work. Um, how do we get into that? And uh, you know, it just it's just one of those, I guess, could have beens. Um, yeah. I look back on, and we were talking about doing that uh, at one point, like teaming up before I decided I was going to rip off Bray Wyatt, and um, and uh, so that never got to play out. But yeah, I think it would have been a good little run. You know, we were going to do the whole thing where I was going to come to your house and you was going to take me out because I was leaving for a while. Oh, really? Just that game. Oh, man. Um, now I don't remember. We were going to do a, uh, it's when you did the, you, you had that heritage title, I think. Oh, that was right. Yeah, that was right before I got hurt. Yeah. We yep. were going to do that, that spot there. Cause I was, I was leaving too for something. I can't remember. I needed time off. I, I actually, that was when I was going to, uh, I was moving to Illinois. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Because you, you were going to do the whole promo about taking out the strong man to something there. I forget what it was. Yeah, I'm sure Solomon had something about it. He's, he 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 would come up with something. But uh, so, um, what's some fun stuff you you wanted to do but never got a chance? Other fun stuff you wanted to do didn't, didn't get a chance to do? Uh, I've never been in a cage match. Oh, really? Not not one single cage match. I think that would be pretty good, and I, and I wouldn't mind doing. I know one year me and uh, Alex were planning. We we'd even thought about maybe doing a, a long road trip cross country and just hitting different wrestling towns and doing shows. Mm-hmm. We were going to video it and you know document and all that. We thought that would be pretty fun. Were we you going to uh, do that? Were you? Uh, uh, are you an over the top cage guy or through the door cage guy? I'm a through the door cage guy. You know, like I said, I watched. The, the wrestling I liked the best growing up, it was through the door because over the top just seemed, I don't know, like he was more 
the old, you know, the old school NWA, you know, you can't get out of the cage, you know. So it was, it was more having the finish inside as opposed to yeah. the escape being the. Yeah, I, I, I just I don't know. Some, you know, when I was a young boy, it's like, you know, they're running. Why is the guy running winning mm-hmm. the match? But, you know, to get over, you're like, well, he killed him, so he's just laying her dying. So, yeah, he can leave now. Okay. Okay. Matt, Brad, what uh, – I'm going to throw it over to you guys because Duke and I just got rolling again. I wanted, to, yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to swing back to something that was mentioned quite a while ago. But So you were talking about your match with Alex where you did the pile driver on the outside and the – the like the I guess the promoters got mad at you. Like, what's their logic behind that? If the crowd was into it, uh, because a lot of times in indie wrestling, if you go around to it, they got the guys they want to push, regardless. And if those people think, oh, they got too much attention, people complain. On, on smaller shows, that people will complain about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's just how the business is. That's uh, why a lot of guys just travel. So you don't have to deal with that on little smaller shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think even leading into that, I was going to give him a superplex, and he threw me off. I hit the outside, and then he gave me a moonsault to the outside. Really? I think I, yeah. And then what time he was recouping, because, you know, I'd been in control up to there. I got up, and, you know, I, I was the baby face, but I gave him the old nut shot pile driver real quick and laid there for a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just a uh, really a lot of locker rooms get really catty, and uh, I think that's what it, all it was. But we never worked each other again. So, mm. Not there, not there. We did other mm-hmm. places. It's um, it's also something I hear Shad say a lot. How annoying is it like when you're trying to maybe like toss ideas around for someone and they just kind of poo-poo everything because they don't want to like do anything fun or cool. They just want to like you know protect their character yeah i hate that that's you know it's 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 a work you know leave your ego in your trunk when you get your gym bag out um i hate it you know guys i want to do i don't want to do this i don't want to do that that'll make me look like this it's like buddy if if you're a heel and you can go out there you should be able to get squashed completely destroyed and get up and keep everything you had going in there if you can talk and you're half a heel you should be able to keep your heat no matter what. If you can't, you need to retire. I, just, I, I really hate that. Like, no, 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 no. We don't want to do that. We want to do this. And then on the same side, you get these other guys that want to do all this stuff. And it's like, you can't do half that. So now what I do is, I'm, you know, I've dropped a lot of weight and I've got in better shape. and I don't get tired at all. I was like, okay, I'll agree with whatever they want in the back. And then I'll go out and do like 10 quick spots. And then when they're laying there having an asthma attack. <laughs> They're, they're very pliant. <laughs> you know, a guy that can't breathe will do anything you say. It's like, all right, now hit the rope. Take this. Okay. I'm done. You'll be all right. It's a real good strategy. Once a man can't breathe, he'll do about anything you say. Just He's, he's on his deathbed just marching to the finish. You know, he's like, oh, there he is. I just got to go. It just—it really works a lot. It's just like when you're saying like people want to sandbag you on a rock bottom. I'm just like, why? That's like a standard wrestling move. A lot of guys are just—a lot of guys are just too out of shape to do it. 
to be honest. Uh, I've seen some guys, people say, you know, oh, for his size, he's a great athlete. It's like, well, I'll do a front bump once. <laughs> you know, just flip over one time. Show me you're a great athlete. Yeah. You know, when I was 400 pounds, I could do a drop kick. So it's like, it's not that hard. You're, you have to carry that massive weight around. Surely you can pick it up. <laughs> it's just like, I'll, I'll ask Shad, like, or he'll talk about something. He's like, well, no one would do that. And I'm like, well, why? Like, that's not like a big, I, I mean, and I'm not like a wrestler, but it's just like, well, like why that would look cool. And like, I, I mean, if it, if it was me, I would just be like, what? Yeah. Like, sure. Whatever. Like, that sounds cool. Yeah. Like a lot of times it, a lot of times it's trust if you trust the guy you know obviously some people can't do what they want to do but a lot of times it's just guys just some guys are just lazy they don't want to do nothing going it's just really it's like why are you doing this if you don't want to do this because mm-hmm. i mean like i mean especially like at the indie level you're kind of just doing it for fun aren't you yeah i mean it's, it's to have a good night you know you want to you want to have something you can look back on you know like I don't know how many times me and Shad tonight have gotten completely sidetracked. Because, <laughs> but, you know, that that's why you do it. You know, do you want to say, yeah, for, you know, 10 years I went out there and grabbed a guy's arm. I twisted his arm into everything. You know, I thought about <laughs> taking a career making, you know, soft pretzels. But it's <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, do it for fun. Do it to get, you know, there's kids there. A lot of times, you know, I've, I've stepped away and then, you know, I'll be out like, uh, shopping or something kids are like when are you gonna come back you know it usually leads me i'll probably be doing another match here as soon as everything opens up or traveling a little bit and some promotions are starting to starting to run stuff yeah a lot of outside shows too uh the only thing really a lot of guys won't take and like i said he took it that night it's probably one of two i've ever thrown is that pile driver just because you know you can get hurt you have to really trust somebody i had a guy ask me one night to do a muscle buster and i'm like mm, let's do something else that you don't break my neck tonight because you can't pick me up what um i think the guy weighed about 130 pounds and want to give me a muscle buster what what, what is your <laughs> no, opinion on the um so i know you don't follow so there was there's been some controversy uh the last couple of years do you know what a buckle bomb is uh, yeah. Well, what do they do? Yeah, Sh- I've probably seen it. Shad, explain it to him since you're like a worker and you can. So you pick someone up like you're going for a power bomb, and then you chuck them into the corner. So you don't oh, yeah, power yeah, bomb yeah, yeah, them all yeah. the way to the floor. You just kind of throw them into the corner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vader used to do that. Uh, I'm not going to argue with you. I just don't remember. But yeah, he uh, used to do that. Uh, yeah, you just power bomb them into the. Uh, Top top or second turnbuckle. Yeah, yeah. Run and throw them into it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what what happened? Um, it got banned in WWE after some injuries, but the the um, the the kind of the the incident that caused it is there's a female wrestler called Nia Jack. She's in the um like the Rock's family sphere. Yeah. So she took a smaller wrestler named Kyrie uh, Sane. And so she did that move, but she was too far away, and she pretty much chucked her back of the head first into the bottom of, bottom turnbuckle. Oh, yeah. Well, no, it might have been the second turnbuckle, rough. but it was it was pretty bad. So we've kind of talked about it on the show a few times, and I was telling um, 
Shad, like, I don't really like that move, and I know a pile driver is dangerous, but I think I'd rather take a move where someone has complete control of me instead of depending on them to project me correctly into um, an object that doesn't really move very well if you hit it wrong. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. The, um, yeah, it, well, and, and the fact that that's what got it banned after Seth Rollins injured Finn Balor and retired Sting with it. It's just like, you know, guys waited a while on that, didn't you? Well, you know, you know, even if you if you hit it correctly on the top. Yeah. The, I mean, the chances for whiplash alone in a sport yeah. that's bad for it. I mean, I've been just splashed in a corner. You know, it's like going to the chiropractor every bone in you. Yeah. That, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a rough, you know, especially if there's how tight it is. Some rings are tighter than others, too. Mm-hmm. But hitting that bottom like that, yeah, that's yeah. that's a recipe for disaster, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I, here's how rarely it was. I never saw you do a pile driver. Did you do uh, more of a like stand and lift drop kind, or like a Mick Foley stump puller style? Uh, Harley race. Okay. The entire way, the legs straight up, jump up, and probably broke my tailbone when I hit it. <laughs> I was so I was so afraid I'd drop him on his head though. Yeah, uh, I took every bit of it. I was like, "Oh no, I'm gonna drop him on his head." Here's where I kill him. My, um, I, I had never done it, but <coughs> if I was ever going to, I was going to do it in that that Foley stump puller style yeah. for that exact reason. Yeah, like you're not going you, you that can far down. Roll with it. You can kind of yeah. roll with it in that a little bit. Yeah, that was the plan, but it never really came up. You know, I was pretty big at that time. Uh, my thighs were probably 30 inches at that mm-hmm. time. So I, his head was nowhere near going to hit as long as I kept on bent. You know, I gave yeah. it a little jump, a little jump bent. You know, maybe more of a, a Terry Funk style, to be to be quite honest. Mm, okay. But, uh, yeah, like, and, and as far as that buckle buster, you know, it's one thing to do it in practice. It's another thing to do it after you've been out there 20 minutes and exhausted and try to toss somebody. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, I was going to go back to, to answer, uh, to what they said earlier. Cause I expressed it before that the stuff I'd wished I'd gotten to do and people wouldn't do is I was always kind of curious about dropping a big elbow or doing a, uh, a splash off the top, but no one was willing to, to, to do that. So I just kind of gave up on it. Um, did you have anything like that that you, you wanted to do, but kind of got shot down? Not real. Well, I tell you what, I can do. Uh, I've not set it up, but no one wants to take a Frankensteiner either. Not no, off really. Of me. Not off of me. <laughs> <laughs> Standing I'm Frankensteiner not, or top? Uh, top rope. Top rope. That way, I know I could clear it, and they could clear it without. Gotcha. I, I'm really, I'm really protective when I'm in the ring. I, I'm really trying to protect who I'm out there with, and. Uh, mm-hmm. That's interesting because wouldn't they actually be the one controlling their own? Yeah, I mean, all, all, all you do is a front bump off the second rope, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's not that big of a thing. Mm-hmm. But then again, a lot of guys can't, can't properly front bump, I guess. But. Yeah. I think that was my ticket is whenever BJ first brought me in. is yeah, just They were like, okay, you can do the back bumps. Can you do a front bump? And I just stood there for a second, planted my feet, and went over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of what amazed me. Some of the stuff people ask you, can you do this or that? It's like, uh, yeah, since I was four. 
<laughs> Shad, you That's should, why my brother has no brains. Shad, you should yeah. just come back and start super kicking eight-year-olds like the young bucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I've said this on the on the episode before, Duke. But uh, picking on the kids is the surest way to get uh, heat as a heel. Oh yeah. I, oh yeah, for sure. So I, I was at a Chikara show. On, you'll find this amusing since. So um, Chuck Taylor was there, and we were, like, in this community center, and, like, half the building was, like, all glass, and these children are watching from outside. He literally gets out of the ring, storms outside, and yells at them, and these kids, like, flee in terror across the campus. And then he just, like, marches back into the ring and keeps wrestling and doesn't even acknowledge that he did it. It was <laughs> hilarious. One of the one of the last shows I actually worked, I was working uh, I was working Brian Logan. Okay. And he uh, he caught a kid fat. And this girl's mom went completely off on him. She called him every name in the book about how her daughter shouldn't have to hear that. He's like, Well listen, it's your filthy mouth. It ain't my fault you got a fat daughter. <laughs> and the police ended up she called the police on him. I mean it was it was pretty rough. You, you know what they did? I saw a show once, again with Chuck Taylor, that he was wrestling someone and he scared someone's kid beforehand. And the face actually throughout the match got him like on the ring steps and called the kid over and had the kid chop him. <laughs> oh, it's great. I mean, it's really great. You can take them. You know, you get that heat. You, you run somebody by, you know, keep their head over and let them kids slap them and they'll knock the taste out of your mouth. <laughs> They will flat lay it on you, and they love it. I mean, yeah. What well, a story about Alex Angel, the uh, Jennifer, the girl I'm dating now. One of the first shows I did for uh, APW. He's he's working, and uh, he gets close to the the side rail, and he, you know, Ryan just runs and just kicks him as hard as he can right in his shoulder, and it's the one he's ended up having to have surgery on. Oh God! So, so he thinks he's the one that injured him. He's like. <laughs> He's like, tag on that kid kick. And I said, yeah, that's my girlfriend's kid. <laughs> He's like, you told him to do it. <laughs> I, uh, there was, there was the, you, me and, uh, it was, oh God, who was it? It was you and Nick and someone else. I can't remember. And it was, oh, it was, uh, Eric Darkstorm. And it was me and BJ and Runyon. Uh, had a match at one of those um, festival shows in Martin. It was the first night I was getting on the mic and talking, right? And I, I've, I told the story before, but there was some kid throwing everything in the book at me, and I I just chewed him out. Like, he looked about ready to cry. I remember looking at you and going, you guys are going to have to kill me after this match to make this kid happy. Because <laughs> I, I, these people are pissed. Oh, yeah. And I think I think... You put me down on the outside, and you looked at me and said, you asked for it, don't move, and here comes Nick off the second to the outside with, like, the, the Devon what's up head drop, head butt or oh, something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we did the, what we call it, the kids no more. <laughs> yeah, kids no more. <laughs> Nick, Nick jumps, kids kids and don't go, look, a flying pig. <laughs> the flying pig. <laughs> This this is another one I saw, but I, I think you would find this funny because Shad says it was great healing. But I was at a show once and they 
the heels stole this lady's water bottle for some purpose and then they were done with it and they go to hand it to her and like right as she's about to reach for it they just drop it on the ground oh and like you got that audible like ooh from the crowd when they did it mm-hmm. and you just heard that water bottle just thunk on the the linoleum it was great oh yeah that's great anytime you can get them involved like that it's just fantastic yeah I used to have people go buy me Gatorades. I'd drink Gatorades while Nick was getting his hind end kicked in the ring. Like, hey, who wants to buy me a Gatorade? He'd run down and get me a Gatorade. I'd be just sitting there drinking a Gatorade. Wait, wait, wait for the hot tag to come in and shine. Nick, take a 20-minute whipping in there. Speaking of hot tags, what's your preference on how hot tags are done? I think you got to have two. Okay. I think you need to have two because you need to have that same false hope spot with a tag. But, you know, I like I like for the, the guy on the outside needs to come in fresh. But also, I think too many times the fresh heel comes in and just runs out of steam too fast. Okay. I think they need there, there needs to be more exchange. And then eventually the guy that's hot, you know, the, the, the baby needs to, you know, Toss him out, get him out of the way momentarily, and then go to the guy that's been beat on. You know, the, the guy you, you're coming in to take out at first, and then work your home spot from there. That's how I always liked it. Um, when you're doing that, are you more of a fan of the, like, baby face breaks away, hits the hot tag surprise, or what I call the iceberg tags, where you both crawl across the ring so slowly? I like I like the slow. Okay. I like it. I like it because, to me... To set the mood for the and, and another reason why I think the heel coming in needs to be a little fresh too is that builds that suspense up. You know, mm-hmm. one guy's both guys are hurt, so that takes them out of the equation. It basically becomes a singles match mm-hmm. to where somebody recovers. Usually, the heel takes out the other baby, gets in there, and screws them over real good at the end. Mm-hmm. But I like the Heart Foundation and the. Law that back in the 80s. Okay. Which really, that's that's what's really missing. That good 80s tag wrestling. Yeah. I, I love tag stuff. I've espoused that on here before. Matt, you've been quiet for a while. Uh, I'm good, Chad. Okay. <laughs> Just checking in with you. Yeah. You know, oh, he, he isn't watching wrestling. Do you know, do you want to take a guess of Duke at who made a sudden comeback into the world of wrestling and had like, some like kind of had a run last year out of nowhere. Oh, I, I probably don't want to know. Do is it real bad? No, you, no, it, no. It, it wasn't public enemy, was it? No, <laughs> it was um, it was Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. Not to uh, not not to be a, a a dick, but you need a shovel to bring back. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah I think one of them is dead. No, no, I think they're both dead. Are they both? It, yeah, yeah, it's not surprising. If you want, if you want to have your mind blown, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson like did some shows last year and actually were kind of were making the rounds. And Ricky Morton's giving people Canadian destroyers and doing suicide dives at like however old he is now. Oh yeah, he, you know. Which he works out all the time, though. Even before, you know, he used to say before he got that Hall of Fame ring, he'd wrestle for $100, he'd wrestle a basketball in your backyard. <laughs> was, was whatever. And, and he really would. Uh, he'd do about anything. Wow. And uh, once he got that Hall of Fame ring, though, you know, his his market value went up. 
Well, they a lot. They did. They, so, and he runs that. So they do like there's this there's this um, WrestleMania weekend show. It's called Joey Janela's Spring Break, and it's kind of like this mad scientist show where he just like throws all this like crazy stuff together and then. So they did that show, and they had a really good showing, and then they showed up in AEW for a couple of shots, and then they were doing um, that NWA revival. So they they yeah. were legitimately wrestling last year. He runs and, a school in uh, Johnson City, still. Oh, does he really? Yeah. I didn't realize he was still running the school. Yeah, he's still running, as far as I know. Last I heard, someone's running it. If no, not, no. not him, it's probably one of his sons. Or something. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I wonder if he still would wrestle a basketball in my backyard for a hundred bucks. Not, not after that Hall of Fame ring. But that, I swear, that was always the uh, the saying. But <laughs> great guy, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, he was banned in Kentucky for years. They they revoked his license for years. What did he? Wasn't that because of the that was the child support thing? No, it's because uh, he was he was going to wrestle for someone, mm-hmm. and that's when he got inducted into one of the Mid South or NWA Hall of Fames, and he didn't do the show to go obviously do that, and uh, the promoter had him uh, banned. Oh, wow. that's that was the story I'd heard. You know, when you when you say controversy in Kentucky wrestling, my first go to is like, how is Ian Rotten involved in this? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, that's that's because <laughs> he's the reason you can't bleed in Kentucky, right? Yeah, probably. There's a lot of. I, was, I, I just think there's a lot of nasty methods in Kentucky, so you can't bleed in Kentucky. <laughs> That's probably he was the time. reason for a long time, but yeah, um, or it's a story I heard. But um, so what's the? Uh, go ahead, Brent. What's Shad can chime in on this too. So what's what's involved with getting licensed and remaining licensed in Kentucky uh-huh. to be a professional wrestler? Well, you got to go get the. You got to have a physical and all that, and. Now I think you got to have uh, six months of training before you can actually wrestle. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm thinking one of the last guys we trained, he was under a six-month no-matches no thing. But I know you have, to have, uh, you have to have your physical, and you're limited on your age now. I think it's 55. Really? Yes. Because, uh, what you call it, couldn't wrestle here, uh, Axe. Um, oh, Really? Yep. Oh, I thought you were going to say Mike Jackson. <laughs> but yeah, you can't. There's an age limit now. Um, the uh, whenever I first got in, the the uh, the biggest thing was that the name that you put down on who trained you better be someone who was licensed, because yeah. there was a chance that they were probably going to call them and confirm it. Yeah. Um. Because, you know, if you put someone's name down there and they weren't licensed in this state, then they were going to reject you. And yeah. uh, if they called the check on it and they were like, no, nah, I didn't train him, then they weren't they were going to reject you. Uh, yeah. But that's what my doctor had on me was basically revoking my clearance on the physical. So, uh, OK, 
How often do you yeah. have to get a physical to keep your license up? Initial one, and then once you turn 45, it has to be yearly. And uh, anytime you get injured or mm-hmm. go to have any surgeries or anything like that, you must be uh, have a physical. Can, mm-hmm. is, can I can, now? Um, I don't remember this. Is did Spot die in Kentucky or did he die in Tennessee? I was wondering if it's based on that. The moon dog. Yeah, I remember the moon dog that had the heart attack in the ring. Uh, that's probably Tennessee. I think that's Tennessee. Okay. I'll look it up real quick. I think it was Spot. I uh, uh, passed away seventeen years ago. Um, that's about the right time frame. Yeah. <laughs> He died of a heart attack in the ring during Jerry Lawler's birthday bash show in Memphis. Okay. Now I can't, I can't remember the guy's name, but I think it it may have some do. Uh, I was supposed to work a guy in Moorhead or Ashland. It's been about six years ago, and uh, I couldn't make the show. And I called him. I was like, "Look, I can't do this show tonight. You know, you have to get someone else." And the guy worked the match and left and died. Really. The yes, replacement or the original opponent? The original opponent. Wow. I, I cannot remember that guy's name. Uh, I'll have to ask Ken. I'll ask Ken, and I'll uh, I'll message you later let you know okay. who it was. Because he was at the show, because he's like, you know the guy you were supposed to work tonight? I was like, yeah. He said, he died. I'm like, really? I'm glad I missed that show. Yeah. I would not want that on my conscience. No kidding. Um, This is also another one I ask of everyone on here, just because I – I find it fascinating because I know it's like scripted and everything. But so, with all that in mind, what's it? What's it? What goes through your head? Like, I, I I imagine for you, since you've been around it for so long now, that it's more old hat. But what it? What's it like when like a promotion's like, hey, we want to put like a belt on you? I just I don't even I don't even care, man. To be honest, uh, I've been I've been pretty fortunate. Most places I've went. That's usually how it goes. They, they are at least a good solid push right from the start. Uh, I've been really lucky to. I mean, I can about go out and do anything I want. The the crowd really reacts really good to me. So, mm-hmm. like, I, I, anywhere I've ever went, they're like, "Okay, we're gonna put you out here with, you know, our heavyweight champion tonight. You know, I'll see how you do, and then we're gonna go do this." And I don't really care about the belts. I, I really care more about what the what I'm doing out there. Uh, I think it's better when the belt's not involved, to be honest. So you're just in it for the art is pretty much what you're saying. Yeah. I like I said, it's fun. You know, like you said earlier, we do it more for the fun. It's a good hobby. Uh, it's a good, uh, release. <laughs> and, you know, I think, I think guys that take it too serious is a lot of what, uh, what kills a lot of towns and a lot mm-hmm. of companies. I just, I guess to me, like, what perplexes me about it when Shad talks about it is, like, I guess I can understand if you're, like, on TV and, like, you're making millions of dollars a year and and all of that stuff. But, like, to me, it's just, like, okay, like, I'm working a promotion that works, like, maybe a couple towns, you know, why do I, like... Like, why do I care? Like, I'm just here to have fun for my, like, Saturday yeah. night. Well, the, the thing it always, you, you try to do, 
is you want a bigger crowd. Not not as much as because you're going to make so much money, but it's just really a whole lot more fun when there's a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a big difference in a 75-person crowd and a 500 to 1,000-person crowd. Or it, just that energy, and it's, it's a whole lot more fun. And it seems like everyone gets hopped up on the card. You shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I've worked some whew, some small crowds. <laughs> and that's the only time to me it really matters who's got the title. Because, you know, people get sick of seeing the same thing. And it's even worse when it's on a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. And, and the company will say, okay, we're going to go this direction. Then I'll say, no, we're going to go right back to what we was doing. Hey, yeah. Have you ever been at, like, one of those shows and, like, like let's say, like, they give the belt back to the guy that's had it for like the last eight years. Can you just hear the crowd like that dejected sigh of, Oh my God, not again. I've seen crowds stand up and walk out of the building immediately. Ooh, that's bad. Really? Ooh. Yeah. I've been on shows to when the main event starts like all night, the crowd will be hot. The main event starts and you can look out the back and see everyone just leaving and going to their car. Wow. That's rough. Yeah, but that's I mean, I'm sure Chad's told you about it. That's that's indie wrestling in a lot of smaller towns, smaller companies. And you can you can go out and you can have like a they'll have a good house and everybody yep. go out and work. And a lot of times people are there for that undercar because that's what they want to see. The guys that's out there actually doing the stuff they're seeing on TV. You know, that's what they want to see. They don't want to just see some the same match every night. They don't want to see a match out of 1985 is what you're saying. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, a lot of a lot of places, uh, 1985 would be spot monkeys to them. <laughs> I've worked a lot of places where they'd look at Arn Anderson and be like, "Look, you're doing too many big moves. You're a spot monkey." Yeah. Quit, quit hitting gourd busters and spine busters and uh, all that, and just work that arm. Like, what's, what's yeah. this? What's this like? What's this fancy body slam you're doing here? We yeah. work headlocks here. Why do you jump off the top and him punch you in the gut and you do a flip? Why do you do that? Don't you know what you're doing, Arn? Get your act together. <laughs> wow, that's here's your hot dog and five dollars. Enjoy it. Yeah, that was something I always tried to do. Is I, I tried to take working the arm and or or something like that and make it a little different. Because I was doing so much of the martial arts stuff, is my working the arm didn't look like everybody else's working the arm. But I think that pissed some people off. So, yeah. you know, I did them favors. Me and uh, uh, Scotty Ray, we worked a spot where you know he did the more technical, and I I basically just brawled. Yeah, so we worked all of our all of our arm stuff and all that. Is him trying to be technical and me just punching him the entire time? <laughs> he's like, we're in the back. He's like, look, you go out and do what you do. I'll do what I do. He said, there's no reason for us to quit doing what we do. He's like, yeah. He's like, do you think Stone Cold's going to go out there and try to go move for move with uh, Dean Malenko? No, he's going to punch him right in the face. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that makes sense. Yeah. Let's go do that. Okay, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you a couple questions more like from your fan, fan days more than wrestling. So who is, if, if there is a voice of wrestling to you from like an announcing perspective, who is that for you? Oh, God. See, that's kind of hard because the first thing I think of when I like, if you hear Bob Caudle's voice, you're thinking about wrestling. But on the same side, if you hear uh, Tony Schiavone's, 
So it's really hard because I really, but who don't like Bobby Heenan at the mic? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I guess I'd have to say probably uh, Shivani. Then again, you got to like uh, Jesse Ventura too. Jesse Ventura is a good one. Let's go yeah. from the play-by-play seat. Well, let's separate play-by-play and color. Oh, you know, ah, uh, play-by-play. You know, Jim Ross knew more than probably anybody as far as what he's doing out there. Oh yeah, you got him because if you were watching Mid South, you kind of got Jim Ross at like all the stages of his mm-hmm. career. Yeah, he really he did a great job. He really did. He knew he knew what he's doing. He wasn't Mike Tanay and just making up what they were doing out there. <laughs> well, he's giving, the, he's giving him the Spanish tickler. <laughs> it's like it's Oklahoma row, you idiot. Well, again, if you wanna if you wanna jump into AEW, he does provide commentary. He's not um he's clearly lost the stuff from his prime, but I don't think he's too bad. Hey, you can tell though sometimes his age kicks in, but I think his Bell's palsy yeah. really kind of affects him yeah. a lot yeah. now. And he seems to, but, he seems to, um, I don't know if you follow Duke, but his wife um, was tragically killed and like, uh, she was like on a scooter and someone like hit her. Sure. And um, I think he's been in some dark places since then. Pretty rough. Yeah. yeah. I think we, he he was on Jericho's podcast and uh, and they were talking about it and he said you know there's there was a stretch for basically about a year I didn't shave and the only places I went were the grocery store and the liquor store and I just stayed home. Yeah, because he pretty much admitted I think didn't he on that that he was he self medicated with alcohol for like a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, a lot. I can't imagine. I'd say it was pretty devastating. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Here's one I got for you, Duke. It's uh, you you get on a show when they bring in a name who, who have been some of the names that have been brought in that, um, that have been a good experience for you. We always joked and said the more popular someone was, the nicer the guy they are. Okay. Uh, Rick Flair was pretty cool. Just, when did you work a show that Flair was on? Uh, it was at Dutch Miller. I didn't work it. I was just there. Oh, okay. I was backstage, but we went down. Oh, I can't remember what I was doing, but I was in Charleston, and Ken Messing said, you know, Flair and Steamboat's out here. So we go out there and uh, said, I don't eat barbecue with them. And flowers cutting up the whole time. I mean, you'd think it was three guys sitting at the at their kitchen table, you know, playing cards or something. He was just great guy. Cool. Uh, let's see, uh, we said in Chapmanville, West Virginia, one night. It was uh, me, Nick, uh, some guy from the fire department that probably hates us, Hacksaw <laughs> Jim Duggan and Jim Cornette. Oh, wow. And uh, the the guy was supposed to get Duggan a two-by-four. Yeah. He brings him back aboard off of a pallet. I'm like, dude, have you ever watched wrestling in your life? 
I said, what are you doing with that? And Cornette's like, you know it's supposed to be a two-by-four. He said, couldn't you find one? He said, well, I went. I went down here to uh, my buddy down here. He's an EMT. He said, you don't go to an EMT. I said, look, have you ever watched Buford Pusser? I said, you're from West Virginia. <laughs> so we lied into this guy, and he's just stammering and going on. And Doug is like, look, just climb under this building, grab a joist, and pull me off a two-by-four. <laughs> he's like, I'm just kidding. I got one in my trunk. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. But to me, the you know, Nikita Koloff was great. I don't know okay. if you were at that show. We did one in Martin with him. No, I wasn't there. We did a we did a spot where uh, at and he's like, just lay it on me out there. He said, Then I'll come back and just great guy. We sat in the back and joked around. You know, he just a we one of the guys, you know, to me. But then again, you get on show with guys that were jobbers on shows and uh, really low-level Smoky Mountain guys. And, man, you would think they were Hulk Hogan selling out Madison Square Garden every Saturday night. Just completely full of their self. It's like, man, you'd be doing the same thing we did if it was territory days. But I know we don't bury anybody, but... Is there one that ought to have a name attached, or should no one have a name attached? Oh, guys like that? Yeah. No, I don't. All right. I, don't like to, I, I try to stay away from all the drama anymore. Fair enough. Fair enough. But in my experience, those guys, horrible, horrible, horrible attitudes. Yeah. But I guess it goes with the whole, the whole like that's their version of a big man syndrome, you know, little yeah. guy syndrome or however you want to call it. Yeah, gotcha. Did uh, you were you on any shows with uh, Bobby Fulton? Great guy. Yeah. Easy to get along with. Uh, pretty good shape. Uh, so, so I remember one of the marks there, one of the fans there called him said. Uh, uh, Hey, where'd y'all find old ass Flash Gordon? Because he was oh, wearing like the all red and had yeah. like a little lightning bolt on it. And so he said, Hey, where'd you find old ass Flash Gordon? And he just went with it. You know, yeah. great guy. Has, he took real good. Have you ever had a fan like heckle you and say something that's just cut a little too deep? <laughs> um,. They don't really. I've I've not had a lot of a lot of people really get back with me on anything. Uh, I mean, of course, you know, if you're a good guy, you're great. But if you're a heel, you're fat. Yeah, that's fair. Just bad mouthing them so much. I think they're just kind of afraid to say anything. <laughs> had a guy try to stab me with a fork one. Now I did have a. I think it was McKinney. Yeah. Had the little, the gym from Hoosiers. Yeah. Uh, they thought I was black in McKinney. What? <laughs> they thought I was black. And, you know, we had guys there that, that were black. We had a whole team, H-E-N-I-C, you know. Yeah. They were there every night. They thought I was black, and they, I had, I got more racial slurs that night. Nick's like, they think you're black. I said, yep. you better tell the guys in the back. You know, they threatened to uh, they threatened to hang me. 
dragged me behind a truck. Good Lord. They, yeah. they dropped the end bomb on me about six times. I'm like, I'm like, they can say all that. And I'm not allowed to do a nut shot in here. Cause they's like, don't do a nut shot. You can't come back. If you do a nut shot, we'll get banned. I'm like, really? Yeah. That was the, that was the people who owned the, own the building. Is it, they were on that? I, McKinney was a weird her hair looked like a skunk, and yeah. he kept calling her Cruella. <laughs> I mean, it, uh, I was like, man, these guys, these guys are rough. Yeah, but yeah, that, that was, was a weird place. McKinney was a weird. Although you saying that puts, I had an outstanding match there with Ronnie Roberts. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, Ronnie Robert, Ronnie Roberts is, I mean gifted working with ronnie roberts is you don't you're not even doing moves you're just kind of moving your arms and ronnie roberts is moving you know is is flying oh, yeah. around you um i had a great match with him got over huge and now you saying that has put a whole new light on it and i'm like oh oh man that makes me uncomfortable in hindsight yeah me and ronnie uh i, I actually got to work ronnie and belfry uh, a few years ago at apw he's a great guy to work with yeah, that's when he's doing his uh, religious gimmick. Yeah, he's doing his preacher man thing. Yeah, he, he passed the plate around. <laughs> they put money in it. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, Ronnie's a great guy, that. though. Really I didn't great guy. Well, Brad, have you got any any other questions you'd like to ask? No, because I'm stuck on like I'm stuck on the whole thinking you're black thing. <laughs> I think my phone died. Nope. No, you're still here. Wow. It's just like yeah, I don't. My, my Wi-Fi is being weird. Gotcha. I think because Shad sent me a video with you in it, and I was that that uh, doesn't add up. You just just tan. I don't get it. I, no, I, I was really dark there for a, a, a short while. I was. Uh, not not that dark, you know. I could have seen them maybe thinking I was Mexican. Uh, th- that happened a few times when they, the crowd was asking me for my green card. I just were you were you confused at first, or did it like click immediately? Like that? I know. I, I you know it, I would have if two weeks prior I went and pulled over in Lexington for driving suspect. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, dude, it's cold out. I got a, I got a toboggan on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, just good times. Yeah, it's <laughs> weird place to be. No, I'm good. That was, I, I really, this was really fun. Like, I, that was a very, you're a very compelling talker. That's that's why Duke's over everywhere he goes. Yeah, like I said, I like Roddy Piper. Rock, Jericho, Flyer, you know, guys, I grew up watching the guys talk. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, that's just the best part. Just that part, yeah. man. It's just great. This is one yeah. because I've been trying, I've, I'm starting to send Shad footage of him because I, Shad hasn't seen a lot of him, but were you a, were you a Nature Boy, Buddy Landell guy? Nope. 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 Not really. I did like superstar Billy Graham, though. Regular that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a that's a deep cut. Yeah, yeah. It, I I was watching. I was doing a rewatch of like some old Jim Crockett promotions, and he was 
coming out to kung fu fighting and he would like karate chop the turnbuckle. Oh, that was awful. That was after he got released from uh, WWF, I think. Yeah. He was in like, he was doing the Paul Jones army, so he was like against Jimmy Valiant. He had like the little string bandana. Yeah. Looked like a little string tie tied around top of his head. Yeah, and then, you know, Barbarian standing there looking all badass while he's being an idiot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, Duke, it's been a lot of fun to talk to you, and I think we've made it through this without anybody dying, so... um... Yeah, nobody... It seems fine here. I mean, uh, probably going to go walk my dog here in a minute. I'm sure he's ready to go out. Yeah. So, um, we wanted to say thank you for finally getting to join us. We've had a lot of fun. And, um, guys, is there anything you wanted to, uh, anything you wanted to say before we wrapped it up? Hey, just thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, let Chad know if you wrestle again. I would, I'd be interested to hear. Mm-hmm. I sure will. I'm, I'm planning on it. It's, a. Uh... The itch is definitely strong right now. Yeah. It's it's the the rush of coming through that curtain and hearing the reaction is unlike anything else, yeah. isn't it? I told that, the guy I work with it, I was doing he's like, You gonna get pumped? You gonna do I was like, Man, I'm gonna do what I always do. He's like, What do you do before a match? I'm like, I sit there. <laughs> he's like, You don't do nothing to get pumped up? I said, When my music plays, I stand up and go out. I said, And then once you go through the curtain, <laughs> it all just starts. <laughs> Last year, I remember a lot of the young guys like, "What do you want to do?" I was like, "I tell you, when we get out there, these guys are, you know, you know that they'll they'll want to send you nine hundred messages of what they want to do that Saturday." It's like, "Yeah, don't message me. I'll tell you when I get there." Like guys, there, I'll be like, "I don't know. I'll tell you when I get there." They're like, yeah. "What are you going to do?" And I steal that line from the rest. I'm like, "How about I be a baby, you be a bad guy, and we finish it with a pen." Yeah. My, uh, I went and checked. By the way, our Instagram does have a shot of me giving you the red mist on it. That's uh, great. <laughs> it's a, it's a good shot. But um, Matt, Brad, any guy, any, anything you guys wanted to wanted to say before we wrap up? No, I'm good. I am good. Yeah, I'm good. All right. Well, like I said, thank you so much for coming on. We really enjoyed having you, and. Um, We would love to hear from you listeners out there. Please hit us up on any of our social media. Um, You know, we uh, we love to hear from you. You know, let us know what you think. Were there any questions we missed that you would want us to have? And, you know, whenever we have a guest on, it's always an option. We could ask them to come back for for questions that we didn't ask. But um, we want uh, Duke Allstriker, thanks for joining us. If they want, is there anywhere they can look for you, a social media account or anything or I actually have a Duke Allstriker uh, Facebook uh, mm-hmm. that someone reported is not me, and it's really messed up, but I can get messages there okay. on my regular page. <laughs> I need to do the Instagram. Yeah. You know, w- when when Facebook wants your driver's license, it says Duke Allstriker, and you're like, dude, you know what this is? Yeah, yeah. So all my pictures are locked, but I got new ones on there from last three to four years or something. Okay. It's a, well, the Slim Down Duke. That's uh... – <laughs> D-U-K-A-L-L-S-T-R-I-K-E-R, Duke All Striker. This has been Duke here with uh, Matt, Shad, and Brad. We've been in, I guess we've been in four corners, but we'd still love to hear from you, and we'll see you next time.